what is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Blake Benz Podcast. This is episode number 50. Yeah, we've done it. We made it to 50. And if you have been listening since episode one, man, I cannot thank you enough for your support. You know, again, it's just exciting to see the listener numbers grow and for people to continue to tune in and listen in. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. And if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blake Benz podcast. It's called the Blake Benz podcast, not because I am some arrogant fool, but because it's really my brand. My brand is me. You know, I run this coaching company called Good Advice. Some people call it Good Advice Coaching. It's actually our that's our web address. It's goodadvicecoaching.com. And essentially what I do for a living is I help businesses grow and scale. And I do that through good advice on their business model and on their management practices. You know, as you scale and as you're bringing people onto your team, you have to be able to trust people. You have to be able to know that they're actually going to help grow your business and grow your baby just like you did it when you were a solo entrepreneur. And so what I do with my company is I work hand in hand with business owners to really grow their impact to as, as, as influential as they can make it. So whether you're a first time listener or you're a long time listener, one thing you can know about the podcast is my approach to business and really to life in general is to be as authentic as possible. And for me, that's what's always worked for me. And it's something that I'm really passionate about. You know, when you think about authenticity in the workplace, what I've noticed, especially as you get into these larger companies, these larger corporations, is that people are just really big on being inauthentic. And that's usually out of insecurity. It's out of ego. It's out of, you know, I'm not fully comfortable with my giftings and my skill set. And so what I'll do is uh, there's two things that I see a lot. I see people who they wear their title on their sleeve and they even introduce themselves by their title. You know, hey, I am the CEO of, or I'm the senior vice president of. And so they wear those titles out of this excitement around, if I give you my title first, even sometimes before my name, you will see me as credible. And so I find my security in that. And the other thing that I see with people outside of just title, I see people who they will name drop the, or rather not even name drop, they'll they'll revenue drop. And so they'll say, yeah, you know, I've built a business to $30 million in revenue in just, you know, 18 months. Or they say, you know, yeah, I acquired, you know, a thousand new customers last year without even really trying. And so, especially in the entrepreneurial world, people will, they'll drop these things to try to build credibility for themselves. And so I've always tried to not go that route only because I just man, we're just, we're just all really trying to figure this thing out. We're just trying to figure life out. We're trying to all be as successful as possible. And, you know, success looks different for everyone. You know, for some people, success is adding numbers to their bank account. And that's typically seen as a superficial thing. But, you know, I, I don't think anyone should feel guilty for that. And, and here's what I mean by this. You know, if your value in life is found in your bank account, obviously you're in for a rude awakening because down the road, you know, how much money you've accrued, no one's really going to care. I mean, it really doesn't mean much. On the flip side, though, if adding money to your bank account, if adding, you know, boosting those numbers up as best you can 
if that directly correlates with the people you can impact, then yeah, you really shouldn't feel guilty for it, right? I mean, maybe in your heart, you've always aspired to be a giver. I mean, you have nonprofits that you've wanted to give money to or or good purposes that you've thought, man, if I, if I just had more money, I would love to, to help this person or help this family. Or, uh, you know, Joy and I, we were bringing dinner over to someone who we were on this meal train for this couple who they're fostering seven children. I mean, we fostering in general is already a massive endeavor, but to foster a family of seven. But I remember when I was over there, I thought, man, I wish I was like a multimillionaire so I could just pay their grocery bill for the month. And it probably wouldn't even make a dent. I don't know. But so, you know, whatever your purpose is in life, wherever you're going in life, you know, we're all just trying to figure this thing out. We're trying to be as successful as possible. And again, you know, that looks different for everyone. And in my own journey, again, I just I just try to be as authentic as possible. I try to own Blake Benz as much as possible. And so that's why, partly why it's called the Blake Benz Podcast is, you know, it's it's not because I am this ego freak where it's like, you know, I'm this awesome person who has a podcast named after me. It's because it's 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 my journey and my philosophy and my approach to business. So having said that, I want to dive into something that uh, I've been talking about a little bit in some in-person circles, but I want to talk, I want to do an episode on it because I've seen it pop up a couple of times. It's called The Mom Test, and this episode is going to be about how can you pass the mom test. Now, you may be thinking, what is the mom test? Is that impressing my in-law uh, mother-in-law? Is that, I mean, what does this look like? Is is this about being a good mom myself, which I have absolutely zero insight on. What the mom test in, it's based on a book called The Mom Test. You should check it out on Amazon. It's a really good book. What the mom test is, it's essentially, it's your approach for your business in getting your first customers. And not even getting your first customers, maybe it's like your first 100 customers, or maybe it's even like your first 1,000 customers. And Typically, what happens when I talk to a brand new business owner is their their immediate thought is, how do I start making money? How do I start getting customers and adding money to my wallet where you know I'm not like this desperate business owner who's living paycheck to paycheck? How do I actually make this thing work? And what's really funny to me is I talk to a lot of business owners who will absolutely do anything, do anything, but talk to their customers. And so Here's typically how a new entrepreneur, what our conversation will look like. Someone will say, hey, I have this really great business idea and I'm looking to get it off the ground. And they'll follow it with something like, uh, my mom thinks it's a really great idea. Or my, you know, my grandma says that she'll put $1,000 in because it's just gonna, it's gonna be amazing. Or my best friend told me, man, you gotta follow your dreams. That's an awesome idea. And what I found is that there is this trend of people in your life who they desperately want to see you successful. Why do they want to see you successful? Because they legitimately care about you. They care about your success. They want to see you happy, healthy, you know, living your best life, you know, what other other cliches I can think of. And so because they have their best interests in mind for you, they are absolutely wanting to encourage you. They're wanting to press you on and push you on and, and, and really see you go on to, to go on and, and, and achieve all these great things. 
The only problem with this, and this is what the mom test is, the only problem with this is that these people are not your customers. And here's what I mean by this. There will be people in your life who will convince you to either pursue a certain business endeavor, or maybe it's a product in your business. It's something that people are like, oh, you have to do this. Oh, you have to sell this. That's a no-brainer. But because these people aren't your target customers, they really have no insight on will people actually buy this. So a really great example of this would be like, let's say you are going to sell, I don't know, let's say pool cleaning services. You're going to sell pool cleaning services. And so you ask your uncle, is this a good idea? Oh my gosh, it's a great idea. You ask your dad, is this a good idea? Oh, it's an awesome idea. You ask your best friend, is it a good idea? And, and again, all these people are saying, yes, you're so, man, you know, and now the analogy is getting really weird in my head. You know, your friends are telling you, man, you've always loved pools. You're always so, you love water or you really understand H2O and, you know, you were a chemistry major. And so, you know how all the chemicals interact with the, I don't even know where this example goes. And so you have all these people who are, they're making logical sense with, with your, your idea to do a a pool cleaning service. So what happens is, you know, you go out and, you know, just for the sake of the example, like many entrepreneurs that I talk about, you spend, I don't know, five grand on getting all the chemicals, the equipment, maybe you go print business cards and you're like, well, I can't just show up in my random outfit. And so you go and you, you get a branded t-shirt or a branded polo and, you know, the company won't let you buy just one. And so you have to buy 10, you have to buy the smallest bulk package that you can. And you got to, you're like, well, you know, I need people to find me. So I'm going to put up a website. And so you spend like a week or two getting a website done, or maybe even worse, you pay someone to make the website for you. And it's called pools clean for you. I don't know. And so you get that website put up and then you're like, well, I have to, you know, actually target people. And so I've heard that Facebook advertising will just make you buku's amount of money. And so, you know, you decide, you know what, I'm going to spend a thousand dollars on this marketing expert who's going to help me find local leads in my area who people who actually need a pool. So put this business together. And after you have done all this, let's say you've put in, you know, originally you were going to just put in maybe a thousand dollars and now it's grown to this $10,000 ordeal. Well, so you start your business and it starts on, you know, the start of summer or, or let's just say the summer season. And so June 1st, you officially open for business and you're just kind of expecting all of these customers to to come into your uh, domain and to call you and you know you expect just to wake up on money on Monday and suddenly there's all these phone calls or emails or people who are like hey can you clean my pool and you just start raking in the money and that 10 grand you know let's say you're charging I don't, I don't know how much you're charging but let's say you've done the math and you're like okay I can make that back in a month easy or two months easy. And so you're like, no brainer, it's going to work. Well, there's only one problem here. You wake up that Monday and there's no phone calls. No one calls you. You have no emails. You have no calls booked. You have no one who's visited your website. None of these things have happened. And there's this massive disconnect because all of these people who are in your corner, maybe even maybe even the neighbor who owns a pool, who was like, oh my gosh, yes, 
I would love to have to know someone who cleans pools. Absolutely. Maybe even that person has now disappeared. You know, you call them or maybe you go knock on their door and no one answers. And you're like, what? But this person told me that they, what's going on? And so Tuesday rolls around and Wednesday rolls around and Thursday rolls around and Friday rolls around. And before you know it, that first week's gone by and, and no one's bought your product. And and I, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs. In fact, this is part of my own journey of really, I kind of expected this. If I build it, people will come to me mentality. But I talked to a lot of people who they, they, they expect it to just click. And that, that is the disconnect of the mom test. The mom test is understanding that for your business to work, all of these people who are not your customer you have to ignore what they say and actually go directly to the person who will buy from you. This means if you're trying to start a pool cleaning service, what you would do is you would actually drive to a neighborhood that has lots of pools and you would ask people, hey, would you buy this? Will you buy this? Would you like to go and put some money down and I'll be open a week from now. I'll be at your, I'll be at your house Monday morning. And so you do all these things before people actually, before you actually spend all this money on operating the business. And so not only have you not wasted all this money on an idea that maybe can't work, but also you've actually, you've, you've talked to the people who actually matter most in your business. And, and, you know, understanding this mom test, it's, it's, it's a really challenging balance, I think sometimes, because obviously you, you need those people in your corner who can be fuel for you. They can encourage you. They can, I mean, especially on the hard days, you need people in your life. I mean, my wife, Joy, has been amazing at this. Is She's like my number one fan. The days I'm like, all right, yep, that's it. I'm quitting. Looking for a job today. I quit. She's like, nope, you're not. <laughs> and it's just that, that's just how flat out it is. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I quit today. I'm done. Uh, tomorrow I am going to start. I'm going to be looking for a job here. And she's like, nope, not doing that. Sorry. This is what you're doing. And so you, you need people in your life who can be that fuel for you and can be that encouraging thing. But, but, but those people aren't your target customers, so you can't judge the validity of your business on those people. And it's amazing to me how many times I talk to people who, will this work, and yet they've never talked to their customers. They've never talked to their customers. So like for me, part of the time that I spend in my business is on management advice. Okay, how do you train really great employees? Well, the way that I know this is meaningful is two things. One, I worked for a multi-million dollar firm where that is what we sold to businesses. So I know businesses want it. And also at my new company now, the company I run, I had a chance to survey a thousand business owners and 35% of them said management is their number one problem. So I, I, I didn't go to my mom or my dad and say, hey, do you think this is a good idea? Yeah, it's good. I, I, they weren't even in the equation for me outside of just, again, their, their natural encouragement. My first step was, is this a legitimate, valid offer? And then as I started to talk to business owners and figure out this is something important, now it's just a marketing question or it's a marketing problem or it's a brand problem or it's a package problem. Okay. I know people need this, but I don't know the format they want it in. Do they want one-to-one coaching? Do they want group coaching? Do they want some kind of subscription? You know, that's, that's all about packaging and how do I now deliver these said services? That's different though from, is this valid from the get-go? 
So wherever you are in your business, whatever you're thinking about, you have to talk directly to your customers. And sometimes, and again, I think it's because people are uncomfortable with the idea of this. Maybe it's the idea of like rejection where you ask someone, what do they think about it? And they go, oh, I hate that idea. I would never want that. And so it's easier to just not talk directly to someone. But I even, I even talked to someone yesterday about this, uh, or maybe it was this morning where they said, I'm trying to do market research. And I said, okay, what kind of market research are you trying to do? And they said, I'm trying to figure out uh, the average spending of a person in this industry. I'm also trying to figure out what percent this industry has grown in the, in the last five years. And I'm going to use that to dictate my, my business model. And I said, he said, you know, where can I, I'm trying to spend a lot of time and money on figuring this stuff out. Where can I, how can I do these things? And I, and I, I kind of laughed cause I was like, man, I, even if you, even if you had those, that those numbers, I don't think they're going to be useful for you. Like, let's say you have average spending. Let's say you have how much the industry has grown in the last five years. What does that really do for you other than than confirm that, okay, yeah, this is an industry that's not dying. It at least has some long-term sustainability to it. It still doesn't impact you day to day. You know, what you actually go sell tomorrow is really going to have nothing to do with where the industry is going. You know, the the DVD industry is dying, the, the VHS industry is long dead. But if I'm going to offer a VHS business, the industry will dictate how long I can stay in business. Is this going to be a one-year deal or a five-year deal? But it still doesn't dictate my micro, the day-to-day of what I'm doing for my business. It's kind of like if you ever watch Shark Tank, uh, sometimes you, you'll hear like, one of the carnal sins of entrepreneurship or carnal sins of like pitching. And so the pitcher will say, yeah, this industry is worth $200 billion. And, you know, everyone on Shark Tank kind of like all the sharks like throw up their papers and they're like, oh, how dare you say that? And, and it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it really makes sense because it doesn't matter how good or bad the industry is. All that matters is you have literally a valuable offer. You have something of value that will cause an impact on people. And in return, they will want to buy from you. They'll want to give you money so you can create a actual, an actual business that has revenue, brings in money, and is something that you know doesn't last just a day. Literally, the only way to figure out if you have that is by talking to your prospective customers. This is especially true for startups. Work a lot in the startup world where startup owners, they're trying to create their MVP. They're trying to figure out how do I have something val- valid? And time and again, it's literally go talk to your customers. That's what you need to do. Go talk to your customers. So wherever you are in your business, you got to pass the mom test. Don't talk to your mom. Don't talk to your dad. Don't talk to your best friend. Don't talk to your boo. Go talk to your customers. That means being really brave and bold, but it also means understanding who is your customer. Sometimes I talk to people who they are, they, they do not understand what a niche means or what a niche means. And so what'll happen is I'll say, well, who's your target market? And they'll say, uh, men and women on the internet. And I go, and this is literally what someone told me was, yeah, it's men and women on the internet. And I said, okay, that is everyone. <laughs> that is literally over 7 billion people. That is men and women on the internet. So that's not your target customer. Yeah, but for them, it was like, yeah, that's who I'm trying to sell to. And it's like, yes, I understand that those people 
are descriptions of your customers, but it doesn't get down to the nitty gritty of who actually is your customer. You can't talk to your customers if you don't know exactly who your customer is. What do they eat? Where do they, you know, where do they live? You know, what do they buy? What are they, what are complimentary products that, that they would want that, that go hand in hand with your products? I mean, who, who are these people? I mean, if you're running a, a, uh, you know, let's say you're a friend of mine, he runs a woodworking business and he lives in Conway now, but one of his biggest sellers was a dining room table. So who needs a dining room table? Typically families. And so he began to target families, moms and dads. Hey, are you looking to get a new, awesome walnut dining room table for your home? And, and so, you know, he's not, he's not going and talking to the random single guy because that person is unlikely to buy a family-style dining room table. So get absolutely crystal clear on who your customer is and then talk to them. That is how you pass the mom test. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, as always, you can reach out Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. I'd love to hear your feedback. Definitely tell people about the podcast. Let's keep growing this thing. Let's keep growing our influence and impact on people and trying to give some good advice to people around the world. Uh, as always, I appreciate you. We made it to 50 episodes. Let's push onwards to 100 episodes. The next episode this week, we're bringing on Kristen Sherry. She is the creator of UMAP. It is a personality assessment, and it is a pretty phenomenal one at that. She'll be on the next episode. Be looking forward to that. If you are listening to the show, you've typically listened to us on Spotify or Google uh, Google Podcast. The podcast has not been updating. I switched podcast hopes, hosts from uh, one host that I will never use again to a new host now. And unfortunately, those two mediums, Spotify and Google Podcast, have not been updating on that. And so worst case scenario, if you're checking those pod, the podcast on either of those mediums, it will look like the show's not updating, but it is updating. So definitely, if you have a friend who listens to the show and they're on those mediums, let them know. They got to be on Google Play Music. They got to be on CastBox, TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes, pretty much anything but Spotify or Google Podcast. And I'll be looking to get those two mediums fixed here in the near future. Thanks again for listening, and I will catch you later. See ya.